Today, we're taking a look at all the pre-season news from the Western Conference, including the recent injury news uh, regarding Stephen Adams. Joining me, as always, will be Zach Hanchu. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International at Adam King ninety one on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, FBIBasketball.com is our website. Uh, head over. Still some leagues, I think, that we're opening up and a, and a few drafts running over the next couple of days. But obviously, we're only, what, 48 hours-ish from the start of the NBA season uh, at the time of recording. I'll bring in Zach. Zach, thanks for joining me. Um, the next couple of weeks are going to be a little bit tricky with, with matching up times and, and that sort of thing. But we managed to squeeze this one in. Uh, now, I'm going to bring up known Wemby Simp. Can you explain that to anyone who might not know what that means? Yeah, so simp is uh, slang for somebody that is uh, an unusually, uh, I guess, an unusually dedicated fan of somebody. We'll put it that way. Uh, so after Wemby's preseason play, um, I am I'm going I'm falling hard for him, man. He is, uh, you know, and if you know me, you know I go really high on rookies usually, uh, much yeah. to, to the detriment of my fantasy teams usually. Um, but, man, this guy looks like the real deal. Um, you know, I've moved him. Uh, I have him top 20 in points and uh, eight category leagues right now. So, um, you know, just putting some final tweaks on the rankings. And, man, this guy looks – he looks like the real deal. He can pass. He can shoot. He can block shots. Uh, he can rebound. I, I don't know yeah. what he can't do at this point. Yeah, look, uh, watching the the preseason's obviously been impressive. Um, it is only preseason, yes. We're all aware that it's not real basketball, but uh, that game against the Warriors the other night, so, some of the blocks that he gets, he just shouldn't be getting. Look, they're just they <laughs> players are going to have to adjust, and and we saw um, vision of the uh, who was it? There was a team that was practicing, and they had one of their coaches with this like holding a massive thing up to to sort of replicate this is what Wemby's where his arm is going to be when you're taking a shot and they're just going to have to it's going to be interesting to watch um you'll be happy to know that I did a draft yesterday and based on the build this was this was a a good choice ended up being a good choice I took Wembenyama at pick 14 so uh I went I just I was drafting for a friend and I really just wanted him on the team. Um, I had pick 11 and I went with Anthony Davis and Victor Wembanyama as my first two picks um, and then backed that up with Chet Holmgren in, mm. <laughs> with my next pick. Uh, it, yeah, it was an interesting, fun build that I'd never done before, um, but I was pretty happy with how it turned out. So, it, And I said to my mate, I said, are you happy for me to reach for Wemby? And he said, just do what you need to do. And I said to him after, look, 
I can't promise you're going to win this league, but it's going to be fun trying. So he, he's he's got a lot of entertaining players on his team. Um, so yeah, as I said, we'll, we'll talk about much like we did last week. We'll go through division, uh, go through the division um, divisions in the Western Conference and chat about some player news and, and preseason takeaways. But I just thought we'd quickly touch on news that came out overnight regarding. Stephen Adams, he's out for the season, uh, undergoing knee surgery on that uh, the injury from last season. So I guess this is something that they tried to get right without surgery and it just didn't work. And And he's a big body. Like, he's got a lot of weight and size to carry around the court there. So they've decided to go that path of surgery. I, I'm thinking this is partly lining up with the fact that Ja Morant is going to be out for such a big part of the season, maybe they're not going to go as hard this year. I mean, they'll still try to win, I think, but um, they want to, I guess, get a full season of Ja Morant. Um, Bain will be better again. So in terms of fantasy, we're obviously not drafting Stephen Adams now, and, and if you if you did draft him, you can drop him. Is there a clear pickup here? Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama are probably the, the two that come to mind, um, and Zaire Williams possibly gets a bump as well. He was looking at being a starter. Any moves you're making here that are, that are significant enough? Yeah, I like Tillman outside the top 100, uh, probably with the uh, the last pick in your draft in a 12-team league. Um, I think Aldama, um, maybe, maybe Kenny Lofton, maybe David Roddy are going to be good for deeper leagues. Uh, but Tillman in 12-team leagues, absolutely. Uh, Zaire Williams, I – I don't know. We've seen him even when he gets, you know, starter level minutes, his game is is better, you know, in the NBA than it is for fantasy. Uh, not necessarily a guy that I'm thrilled to pick up. I won't be adding him anywhere. Uh, but Tillman in a categories league, you know, towards the end of your draft uh, in a points league, I think I have him inside just inside the top 125. So, uh, you know, somewhere in that 10, 11 uh, round range sounds about appropriate for him. And I think the other I mean, not that this affects fantasy or changes fantasy at all, but Jaron Jackson could play a little more at the mm-hmm. centre. And so maybe his rebound numbers go up slightly. He has been a bit of an underwhelming um, contributor in that category as a big in the past. So so maybe he can bump those numbers up a little bit. Um, the, the other news that sort of – I was just scrolling through player news and obviously we wake up to a lot of this stuff, but um, Tari Eason – is out for two to three weeks with a stress reaction in his leg. That the that phrasing worry, worries me. I mean, there's no no indication here that this is going to be anything other than just it's a, they're being precautionary and it's two to three weeks. But stress reaction is what Cade had. Um, stress stress injury is what um, Drew Holiday had years ago, and, and they can linger. Uh, and on a team that isn't really playing for wins this season, I don't think. Are you concerned at all here with Tari Eason? Is this going to hang around? Is it? Does it sort of cause you to? He wasn't a high draft pick anyway, but but does it bump him down? And does it bump someone like an Amen Thompson up a little bit? Yeah, it does bump him down a little bit. Um, you know, with him set to miss multiple weeks, as you mentioned, at minimum, uh, we're not sure if you know if it extends beyond that. Um, yeah, that that is something that we're going to look to other guys on the roster. Uh, Amon Thompson is somebody that 
has been rising up ADP pretty steadily, uh, you know, with preseason play. Uh, I'm not necessarily interested in a Jay Sean Tate or a Reggie Bullock. I wasn't interested in them before. I'm not going to look to them now. Um, I think Dylan Brooks maybe uh, gets a little more love in a points league, uh, category league. No thanks. Um, and maybe we see a little bit more out of uh, a Jock Landale in the you know pretty thin front court. Um, but otherwise, there's not really a ton of um, – I don't know. There's not really a clear winner here. There's not any big moves to make. Um, I think it does kind of cement Jabari Smith, though, as, um, you know, a really, really high upside player who's who's now not even going to have to worry about Tari Eason maybe stealing a couple minutes here and there. Uh, and so the final one, which, again, is not, not massive in terms of fantasy, but Boyan Bogdanovich, who hasn't really played in the preseason, he's been ruled out uh, for the opening night, I think, with a calf injury yeah. so another thing calves hamstrings they can linger a little bit they can take a couple of weeks he so no indication here that he's going to miss anything more than a game or two but he was probably penciled in as a starter there do you think do you think with him out Jaden Ivy moves into the starting uh lineup or, or do they bring someone like I don't know Marvin Bagley they've got weird sort of not talentless, but weird mediocre depth in Detroit. So does this, him being out, does it benefit anyone? Does it, is there any streaming appeal there for, for anyone that wasn't drafted? Um, I, I don't think necessarily it does. I, I mean, you talk about, um, you know, the weird depth, like you mentioned. I mean, so I, I think Isaiah Stewart and, and Jalen Duran are probably penciled in in your front court, I would have to imagine. Um, you know, with Uncle Bogey out, um, you know, maybe they play Oscar Thompson at the three and give Jaden Ivey some run at the two with Cade mm. playing point guard. That's pro- that's how I would imagine they would do it. Um, if they decide to bring Ivy off the bench, Oscar Thompson maybe at two and as somebody like, uh, I don't know, an Alec Burks or Joe Harris at three, um, not necessarily appealing for either of those guys uh, as well. So, no, I, I think Oscar Thompson gets, gets a bump here. Um, but – He's not a streamer. You've already drafted him. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been rising up draft boards. Yeah, I think the only the only one for him possibly would be maybe Alec Burks if you need some points, just if you're looking for a cheap points boost. But the thing yeah. is they um, – well, I'm almost 100% sure they don't play opening night. They play on that second night, and most teams play that night. So you're probably not going to stream anyone in anyway on that night. Your roster is probably going to be pretty full, so there might be no point. Uh, on making any moves. Uh, so jumping into the Western Conference, starting with the Northwest, um, much like a few teams we talked about last year, or last week, sorry, the Denver Nuggets, there's not really a lot to talk about uh, from a fantasy perspective. We know who has value. Uh, Strother has been impressive in the preseason, I thought, um, more so than Peyton Watson. Watson is someone that, I'm relatively high on still. Um, we're not drafting either of these guys, but but her, have either of them so, sort of maybe moved up in, in rankings for you? Or, or is there enough, probably along with Christian Brown, is there enough meat on that bone in, in Denver for them to have any kind of value? I don't think there's going to be enough meat on the bone, um, at least right away. I mean, so if we see some injuries, uh, we see some rest, uh, you know, maybe these guys move up a little bit. Um, but essentially, this is the same roster as they had last season, minus Bruce Brown, minus Jeff Green, 
Um, and on this roster last year, the five starters, you know, clearly had value. And then Bruce Brown, you know, off primarily off the bench, um, you know, he had value as their sixth man. And so if, if we're looking here at this year, uh, I would have to, I'm very, very high on Christian Brown. I think he takes on that Bruce Brown role and operates as the sixth man. Um, and I don't think there's enough meat left on the bone after that sixth guy uh, to be worth rostering anywhere. Yeah, agreed. I think Brown is someone just to keep an eye on, um, just to, to figure out, give it, give it a week and have a look at if he is playing those Bruce Brown minutes. Um, because deeper leagues, there might be some value there. Moving to the Timberwolves, uh, a team that's probably pushing pretty hard this season, I think, to win. Um, obviously, the Gobert trade didn't turn out too well for them last year. Um, he wasn't great. Towns was out. So what are your thoughts here on – I've mentioned a couple of guards, Mike Conley and Shake Milton. I love getting Conley late. I know, I know there's basically zero upside. Uh, with him, but a guy that can get you 14 points, five and a half assists, 1.1, 1.2 steals, two threes, efficient from the free throw line. And and to me, they don't really have a lot of point guard depth. Um, I did mention Shake Milton there and they have uh, Mikhail Alexander-Walker, but I think Conley's going to need to play. And if he's playing 30 minutes a night, then I think he's a great target late. Yeah, I, I, I just am not a big fan of Connolly. I think with his age, um, I, I don't know if he sticks on this roster all season. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm reading this completely wrong. Um, but you know, if he's going to play 30 minutes a night, absolutely. Yeah, to your point, a guy that can get you three steals, assists, late in a draft, uh, and people are underselling him much like I am. Uh, so that's totally that's totally fine. I, I totally get the logic behind it. Um, I, I'm more interested in uh, in a Shake Milton, uh, who averaged 20 points and seven assists when he started last season. Um, you know, for the Sixers when guys were injured, um, and he's a guy to me that if he comes in and starts for Minnesota at some point this season, uh, is absolutely going to tear things up for the Timberwolves. Um, so I really like him uh, in deeper leagues. I, I don't think there's enough there right now to start the season to draft him in a 12 team league. Uh, but if you're in a deeper league, man, that's a great late round flyer uh, with a proven track record of playing really well, uh, you know, when inserted into the starting lineup. Yeah, I like Milton too as someone just to keep an eye on because he he flashed some playmaking upside last year right down the stretch he, he in, in Philly. Um, it took everyone else being out for, for that to happen. But if he does step into a role at some point, he'd be someone to to consider streaming in. Um Someone else I just wanted to, to touch on, I was just going through, and, and this is relevant because I in that league I mentioned where I drafted Wembenyama and uh, Anthony Davis and Chet, uh, it, it was I ended up going with a punt, points, threes, and field, no, free throw percentage or field? Free throw percentage, yeah, because I wanted Ben Simmons. So I, I ended up punting free throw percentage, points, and threes. So I took Kyle Anderson with my last pick, um, and – as I said, outside of Connolly, they don't really have a point guard as such. But Kyle Anderson can play that role. Um, he'll be coming off the bench, so he's not going to play minutes like he did last year, barring an injury to, to Carl Anthony Towns again, which, fingers crossed, that doesn't happen. Do you think he's worth rostering in standard leagues just because of his ability to, to chip in everywhere? 
I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily interested in Kyle Anderson in a 12-team league right now. Uh, you're right. He can chip in everywhere. Uh, and we've seen some solid – you know, last year especially, we've seen some solid fantasy performances from him. Uh, but it, last year it took injuries to Towns. Uh, it took missed time from Gobert uh, to really make him relevant. So I, I'm not going to bank on that when I'm going into my draft. Um you know, a guy that I think in deeper leagues that I'm more interested in would be Naz Reed, um, you know, who just signed an extension in the offseason, a uh, guy that can block shots, can hit threes. Um, you know, we saw him have some of the best offensive games of his career last season. Uh, you know, so he's a capable scorer when given the opportunity. Um, but for the most part, the, in 12-team leagues, I'm not taking either. But in deeper leagues, I'm interested in Reed and then slow-mo after that. Okay. Okay. Um, quickly on the Thunder, again, not not much to talk about. We know what their rotation looks like. They, there's not really any value outside of their starters. But I just thought I'd get your thoughts on how, how good Chet has looked. Um, both he and Wemby obviously have a lot of hype around them and they're these sort of these freak players and, and doing things that other players haven't done before. I've been pretty impressed with him. Um and I think he, I think he looks ready to go. I think there was a bit of hesitation coming in with uh, like the foot injury from last year. Were they going to manage him? Is he going to miss back to backs? Anything? There's been no indication that that's going to happen. Uh, he's starting at center. Any concerns here from you, or, or you, you think he's he's good to go? And and we're okay drafting him in that sort of. I probably went a bit early on him yesterday, but probably in around that forty range. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Um, like you mentioned, that's where you're going to have to take him in that 40 range. Um, but I, I really don't think – now, obviously, I think Wemby is going to be the better fantasy option, the better player. Um, but do I think it's a, you know, a miles of difference between the two? I don't. Um, and the amount of picks that you can get between those two guys, it's, it's at least a round and a half to two rounds between them. Uh, so I think Chet, if you're looking for that, uh, that archetype player of, you know, long and lanky blocking shots, hitting threes, uh, taking guys off the dribble. Uh, I think if you miss on Wemby, um, you know, either because of where you're drafting or because of how high the pick is, um, you know, I think Chet is a great alternative and somebody that's going to be a lot of fun on your fantasy team uh, that you can get for a lot cheaper. Uh, on to Portland. So a few a few questions here, and some of these are more just me, I think, being an out, being an outlier or having an outlier opinion. But eight, DeAndre Ayton, and I've spoken with a few analysts about this, he's he's obviously in a really good position this year. He's, he's on a, a young team, uh, not really looking to win as such. So he's talked himself up. He's got he's he's basically got run as the starter. Um, my concern, and people are taking him as high as forty. Uh, his ADP is around fifty-ish, I think, which I think is okay. Like I, I don't argue with his ADP, but what where my hesitation comes, and, and I don't have him anywhere, is he, his attitude on the court and and what he was like during his rookie season, and and obviously he's older now, but. I just remember when when Phoenix were were not good in, in the first year he was there. He looked disengaged. He looked like he wasn't trying. Um, almost as though he's he, there's a bit of an entitlement there. And, and, and he, he I I worry that he's coming into Portland with that opinion, self opinion that that he will be 
pretty high in the pecking order. He's going to get shots. He's um, he, he's sort of their future. But I mean, if you look at their roster, they've got guys that are going to want to shoot the ball: Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon. They're all guys that can handle the ball, can shoot the ball, can score the ball. Jeremy Grant maybe shouldn't be either, but he will be. Are you, is there any worry here from you that he's going too high or, or are you okay drafting him uh, where he's going? Yeah, I have no interest in him this year. Um, so I'm I'm with you. Uh, I, I worry about the attitude. Um, I think Portland, Portland already has a big three or a big four. Um, the difference between them and Phoenix is they're just not going to win any games. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, Scoot, Shaden Sharp, um, you know, Jeremy Grant, these are all guys that they're heavily invested in the future. Um, yeah, and Anthony Simons as well. Um, and DeAndre Aiden, sure, he may be a part of their rebuild, um, but he's going to be at best, I think, third or fourth in that pecking order. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up fifth. Um, yeah. So I personally, uh, I like Robert Williams much, much better than DeAndre Ayton this season. Um, you know, in that 40 to 50 or 60 range, there are plenty of other centers that I like more than Ayton. Um, and my personal preference is to just take a guard or a forward in that round and go a little bit later on center uh, rather than take somebody like an Ayton right there. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look, he might prove me wrong. He might prove you wrong. And he, he might come out and be committed and, and play hard and, and have a really good year. And if he does, then that's great, but sure. I, I need to see it. Like, I need yeah. to see it before I'll invest in him. Um, on Robert Williams, he he's falling in, in drafts. Like he's basically going outside the top 100. Um, people have almost forgotten about him, I think, because he's, he's, he's coming in. Obviously, when he was in Boston, he was seen as a starter who didn't always start in limited minutes, and now he's, he's purely a backup. Uh, I don't really see them trying to play – him and Aiton alongside each other, um, at least not very often. So he's seen as a backup, but 22, 23 minutes is more than enough for him to put up top 100 value. So as you said, you're, you're happy to grab him late in drafts? I'm absolutely to, happy to grab him late in drafts. Um, you know, I, we put out a, a hot takes article uh, for NBC a couple weeks ago, and mine was uh, Time Lord finishes ahead of Aiton in per game fantasy value. Um, and so I think that's well within the range of outcomes for him, uh, especially given his high upside in the in blocks category, which is you know very scarce for fantasy, as you know, uh, and something that Aiton has struggled to consistently uh, you know, post over his career. He's not really a high blocks guy for a big man. Um, so I think, uh, if Williams can get some run at the four, um, and maybe play alongside Aiton, I think that would give him, uh, you know, the chance to get more minutes, maybe in that 25 minutes, uh, you know, range. Uh, and at that point can easily crack top 50 value. Uh, so I'll, I'll call it right here, right now, man. Uh, Robert Williams is a league winner. If you get him outside the top one. There you go. Another another hot take along with your uh, you were Jordan Poole leading the league in scoring. I'm sure that stick that sticks with me. And and there's there's a chance he, he's gonna he's not gonna die trying. Um, <laughs> or, so he he's gonna give it his best shot. Um, and just quickly, Malcolm Brogdon. So he was obviously came across as part of a few trades, and I think most of us thought that he this was more of just a stopover, and he would be moved on. 
it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It looks like he's going to play. Uh, he won't be starting. I'm fairly confident of that, given they've got so many young guards that they're invested in. Is there a path to him having any value this season? Someone that you would take in the last round, like a Mike Conley, maybe? Yeah, I think there's absolutely a path to him uh, being fantasy relevant. Um, you know, as you know, he's not going to, um, you know, he's not going to wow you necessarily with points, assists, rebounds, steals, uh, but he's going to do enough in, you know, all those categories to be probably worth your time. Uh, and what I love about Brogdon is uh, he's, he's always been an efficient shooter throughout his career. So you are going to get that high floor uh, from the percentages. Uh, so right now I currently have him ranked uh, just inside the top 110, uh, you know, in eight category leagues. Uh, so I think if you can get him with one of the last picks in your draft, uh, I think he can certainly pay off and, and get you some value there. And I think even if you just look back to last year where he played 26 minutes a night as a backup in Boston, he was the 118th ranked player. So oh. so I think I think 26 minutes is is doable. Uh, and and hopefully less minutes means more games because he is someone that has struggled through a few injuries in his career. So if he's playing that backup role 25 minutes, you might get 60, 65 games out of him. So, yeah, certainly worth a look. Uh, finally, the Utah Jazz, I think for me coming into the season a month ago before the preseason kicked off, I was probably of the opinion that Sexton was going to start at point guard, maybe Keontae George, but it looks like it's going to be Taylor Horton Tucker uh, based on what we've seen. He was pretty good down the stretch last year. He's obviously got some deficiencies and some holes in his game, but are you okay? Are you willing to take a chance on him in the last round? Like, is there more upside with taking him than a Mike Conley, for example? Uh, I think there's probably, yeah, I think there's probably more upside than a Mike Conley, uh, but Conley has, you know, obviously the much higher floor. Uh, I, I'd love to see what Horton Tucker could do if he gets the starting job for the whole season. Um, you know, as you mentioned, to close out last season, he played great, uh, you know, as he did at the end of the season before that with the Lakers. Uh, you know, posting some huge, you know, monster numbers uh, in games that really meant nothing. Uh, so we'll see what happens this year. But I really, I'll be honest with you, I consider the Utah Jazz rotation fairly fluid, um, you know, outside of marketing uh, and Kessler. Uh, I'm really not entirely sure what to expect out of these guys right now. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, I, I think, well, I think it depends on, where they are, say mid-season, or are they are they pushing for a playoff spot, or, or have they sort of bottomed out and they're sitting thirteenth? I think that will impact what their rotation looks like beyond say December, because I'd like to think that Keontae George will start at some point yeah. this season. Um, but obviously, if Horton Tucker starts and they're winning games and playing well, they'll just roll with that. Uh, Chris Dunn, they they re-signed or or guaranteed his contract or something yesterday, so. He is still there, and I mean, of all of them, he's probably the best fantasy player. We saw that last year. He was really good. Um, I don't mind Keontae George late, but I wouldn't be drafting him with a view to to him having a significant role, at least for the first month. Um, John Collins, finally, he he's sort of seen as a bit of a bounce-back candidate by some. He hasn't looked great during the preseason do you think he can get back to – I mean, he's not going to get back to where he was three years ago when he was a top 20, top 30 player. 
But coming off a season that was pretty bad last year, do you think he can be a top 100, top 80 again this year? He can certainly be a top 100 guy. Um, and where you're drafting him, I think he will. Uh, I think he's going to end up being a steal. Um, you know, as you mentioned, yeah, top 20, top 30. Uh, I mean, this guy, even from his rookie season, was consistently, you know, like a top 50 guy for, you know, multiple years in a row. Um, just because he was, you know, we've talked about these type of players before. He was a guy that wasn't blowing you away anywhere. Um but he was he was consistent enough in multiple categories and wasn't hurting you anywhere. Um, so he was he was just giving you that solid all around value. And I think he can certainly do that now with the jazz. Uh, I, I think this will be uh, a great reset for him. Uh, time to kind of bounce back a little bit. And yeah, I, I love getting Zach or excuse me, John Collins. Uh, all right. Over to the Pacific Division, uh, the Warriors. Again, a team, we, we know who they are. We know who their fantasy guys are. Um, probably the biggest question is Jonathan Kaminga, who's been pretty good uh, in the preseason. But what's his role going to look like when they're playing real basketball? That's that's the concern. Is is there value in grabbing him late in a draft or, or are you sort of still a bit worried that he's going to be too far down the pecking order to have any value? Yeah, I'm worried about that, but... I think if he's going to break out, I think this is going to be the year. Uh, it seems kind of like the perfect, um, you know, convergence. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, obviously older, injury prone. Uh, you know, will he end up missing time? Jordan Poole's gone, so the roster is thinner. Uh, Draymond Green is going to be, uh, you know, going to miss some time to start the season. Uh, so, yeah, I think Kuminga, this, this may be his time. And as impressive as he's looked in the preseason – um, you know, he's one of those hyper athletic guys that, you know, it doesn't necessarily pan out for uh, fantasy hoops all the time. Uh, but he certainly has uh, the athleticism, the motor, uh, the skills to go out there and, and put up some, you know, some pretty useful numbers. Yeah, much like you, I'm not convinced what his role looks like. But on the flip side, he is playing on a team that has a lot of older veterans who are going to yeah. miss time. So, if you can ride him, um, sort of ride the ups and downs, there's certainly, I think, going to be periods this year where he is must roster mm-hmm. because Chris Paul could miss time, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, they're all, you would say, in the twilight or the back end of their career. So the Warriors are going to try their best to, to manage those minutes. Um, so he is sort of a guy that if you take late, it's, it's – pure upside that you're drafting him on. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be convinced that he's going to have more than about 22, 23 minutes on opening night. But, I mean, we already know Draymond Green is possibly out for opening night. So we haven't even started and, and they're, they're looking that way. So, um, and just quickly on Chris Paul, he was, his role was a bit uncertain when he when he went to Golden State. I think we've figured out now he's going to be a a starter or at least play starters minutes, even if he's coming off the bench. It'll depend a bit on matchup. But a guy that could get you eight, nine assists, one and a half steals, he's pretty efficient. Not as efficient as he used to be, but um, 14, 15 points. His ADP, look, a month ago, six weeks ago, was probably in the 90s. It's come up a bit. How high are you willing to go for him knowing what we know now? I still have my reservations about Chris Paul. I really do. Um, you know, 
as you mentioned, you know, playing starters minutes perhaps. Uh, but how long is he going to hold up? Uh, and, and what are his numbers going to look like playing alongside Steph Curry, uh, you know, playing alongside some of these other guys, uh, you know, how he looks in Steve Kerr's system. Uh, I'm fine taking him, you know, outside of maybe the top 90 picks, um, you know, and I think you can get a lot of value for him there, but I think any higher than that. And I, you know, I, I really think you lose all of that value, um, that kind of comes with the, the baked in risk, uh, for him missing time and maybe just having a, a severely decreased role. So I, I'm not, I'm not very bullish on him right now. Yeah. I think you need him to be your third or fourth point guard. Like you, you couldn't have him as someone that you're relying on for nightly production. Um, but as someone who you can, like we know he's playing tonight, let's move him in. It's a favourable matchup, but have other guards that you can slide in if you need to. Yeah. Onto the Clippers. Uh, now, I did this last week, and pro- it's probably not something we need to talk about as much now, but Rob Covington had played pretty well in the preseason. Um, I think it's fair to say the Clippers misused him last year. He was He wasn't. He basically was a no-show. I think his role is going to be bigger this year. I I thought he might start, but it's sort of now we know that it's probably going to be Terrence Mann that's starting. Um, Is Covington going to play enough to have any value? We know he doesn't need more than about 22, 23 minutes because of what he can do on the defensive end and he can hit some threes. Is there enough there for him to be a draftable player or it's more of a we just won't draft him, but we'll see what his role looks like. I I think it's the latter. Um, You know, we see a lot of these guys every year that kind of have their value boosted by their defensive numbers. Um, You know, uh, whether it's a him or a DeLon Wright or, uh, you know, Matisse Tybal type of guy. Uh, I'm not saying Covington is those other guys, um, but we see this from him every year, right? You know, he's undervalued and then he goes off and is getting two steals and a block per game. And then everybody drafts, you know, picks him up off the waiver wire. Uh, and then he starts to stink again or he doesn't get minutes and we drop him. Uh, I, I mean, it's like you can set your watch to this every year. It's the the Rocco cycle that we go through uh, every fantasy season. And I have no interest in being a part of that cycle and, and contributing to the, uh, the delinquency of fantasy managers. Uh, so I, I'm not interested in him. Uh, I'm really not interested in anybody on this Clippers team. Uh, I like Kawhi if I can get him uh, at a value at a discount. Uh, but everybody else, no interest here from the Clippers. Yeah, I think, and I think we forget how how deep they are when they're healthy. They yeah. go ten, they go ten, eleven deep. Um, yep. Looking at their like their roster here, their depth chart. Outside of their starters, they've got Norm Powell, Mason Plumley, Robert Covington, Bones Highland, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, Kenyon Martin. Mm-hmm. So that's going that's going twelve deep. Um, so I think you'll find that there's just going to be a lot of guys getting 18 minutes. Uh, it's not going to be other than probably Norm Powell. He probably gets 26, 27 minutes just because of what he does. Um, yeah. They're not really a team that I'm interested in from a fantasy perspective either. Uh, onto the Lakers. We know their starters. We know, uh, we know who we're drafting. So outside of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Austin Reeves, and D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jared Vanderbilt is probably going to be the starter, although I think they have come out and said Torian Prince might be starting. So uh, is there any value outside of those four? Christian Wood, Torian Prince, 
uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent, are any of them guys that we can draft or they're going to just be, we plug them in when LeBron's injured or when Anthony Davis is injured? Yeah, I think you plug them in when LeBron is injured. Um, I, you know, I like Christian Wood. Uh, I think he's fine. Uh, obviously, you're going to have D'Lo, you're going to have LeBron, you're going to have Austin Reeves, and you're going to have AD. Those are the four, you know, the big four that you were just talking about. Um, I do think Christian Wood, I like him as, as a last pick in, in my draft. Um, you know, we've seen from him wherever he's played that he can give you top 100-ish numbers. It might be kind of ugly. It might not be too pretty to watch, but uh, he can get there for you. So I absolutely like him. Uh, as that fifth fantasy option for this team. But Torian Prince, Rui, uh, you know, Rui, great playoff story for him last year, but he's a points and threes guy, and he's really not much of a threes guy, if we're being honest. So he's, he's more of just a points guy. Gabe Vincent, great source of assists, maybe. Uh, we'll see what he does outside of uh, heat culture. Uh, but if LeBron or D'Lo get hurt, sure, he's a, he's a pickup. But uh, nobody outside of those five that we just talked about. So over to Phoenix, uh, another another team where we really, outside of their big four, uh, there's probably not a lot of fantasy value. But I just thought I'd talk about Yusuf Nurkic. So obviously he's he's been in Portland for well forever. Um, he's been a bit up and down. He's he's sort of put up really good seasons. He's had some injuries. I would say on the whole, he's been pretty underwhelming considering where we draft him and what we know he's capable of. Coming into Phoenix, he's playing on the offensive end, he's playing behind three pure scorers. So I think we're, we can pretty confidently say he's the fourth option on offense. Um, but I can actually see a path to him having better value this season, just playing on a better team. I think that there's no pressure on him. They'll use him as a bit of an offensive hub, I think, because they don't really have a, a true point guard now. So I think he, he could get a few assists. Um, I don't know. I just think being in a situation like this might lend itself to him staying healthy and putting together a pretty good season. And you can get him outside of the top 100, even outside of the top 120. Uh, is he someone you're interested in and, and am I – onto something there or, or do you purely see this as a situation where he's going to lose value and, and maybe be a last round pick? Yeah, I think he's totally fine um, to draft outside the top 100. Um, you know, we've seen just due to injuries, we've seen him uh, really deteriorate over the last few seasons. Um, so not necessarily somebody that I'm thrilled to take, um, but once you get outside that top 100, it's all about swinging for the fences. Um, so if you're talking about a center that can uh, get rebounds, uh, you know, an effective passer, uh, can block shots, get, to, get you some steals, um, you know, I think he's totally fine. I think there's going to be plenty uh, of upside uh, for him. And, and outside the top 100, there aren't too many proven capable guys like that mm -hmm. who have that type of skill set. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're totally on to something. Um, I, I personally, I really do like Drew Eubanks um, just because he's going undrafted everywhere. Mm. Um, in a 12-team league, maybe I'll grab him with my last pick, but certainly in deeper leagues, uh, I think he's a home run. Yeah, and we've seen him back up. O oddly, these two sort of came together. They, he was back up to Yusuf Nurkic in Portland for, for a couple of years. He's now the backup in Phoenix. Um, and we've seen what he could do. Like He, he was 
he had 12 team value when he was playing good minutes when Nurkic was out. So yeah, definitely someone to consider in, in deeper leagues. Uh, on to Sacramento, finally. It does look as though Chris, well, when I typed this up, it looked as though Chris Duarte might start. Kevin Herter would be the other guy in the discussion there. Do you think in terms, because I don't think we're drafting Duarte. Even if he starts, I don't really see a world where we need to draft Chris Duarte. But in terms of Kevin Herter, who was decent last season, had some sneaky value, do you think moving to the bench potentially hurts him or do you think it could be a positive given that he wouldn't be playing alongside De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis and Keegan Murray? Do you think he could have some good value as a sixth man? I'm not necessarily interested in anybody in uh, Sacramento outside of Fox and Sabonis. Uh, I think Murray, given the right price, is totally fine. Um, but as far as Duarte and Herter, uh, I think they'll be great for that team uh, as you know rotational pieces who can spread the floor. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, I just don't know that there's going to be enough there playing alongside those other guys to be worth my time. And Keegan Murray now now was he one of your guys last year? Am he I, was. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. So so you don't sound as though you're backing that up with a uh, preaching to everyone about him this year. So. I think he's going to be better, um, but his fantasy game was a bit empty last year. Points and threes was was sort of all he he offered. Will he be like? Where do you see him this year? Is he top one hundred? Is he last round? Um, I think he's probably just outside that top one hundred in that one hundred to maybe one ten, one fifteen range. Um, and come on, Kenny, that hurts, man. You telling me I was preaching to everybody last year? I mean, come on now. I was I was giving a clearly unbiased, very reasonable, well thought out opinion. Uh, when I, I told know. you, that's, that's all you do. Taros Halliburton is should just be your profile pick. I I really think so, man. And maybe I'll maybe I'll switch to that here when the season starts. Uh, but no, with Keegan, I, absolutely, I was I was way too bullish on him last year. Um, but I've seen the light. I, I'm, I'm a little more reasonable this year. Uh, and I think, you know, between 100 to, like I said, 110, 115 seems like a more uh, reasonable range of outcomes for him. All right. So over to the Southwest, uh, starting in Dallas, a couple of guys, uh, obviously the bulk of their value is tied up in two players, uh, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Um, but there's there's got to be value outside. Two players isn't enough to soak up all the fantasy value on one team. So Grant Williams is sort of someone that people are taking with a last round pick, but Derek Lively looks like he's going to start. Uh, I don't think he necessarily plays starters minutes, so 28 or 30, but in 23, 24 minutes, do you think Lively's worth taking last in a draft? Yeah, I love Derek Lively. Um, like we just talked about, um, you know, getting guys outside the top 100 who can block shots at a high level. Um, you know, he has the upside to get you a block and a half per game, even in 22, 23 minutes. Um, and if you can get that with the last pick in your draft, again, man, that's a home run pick. Uh, it's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Center has kind of been a black hole for Dallas for a little while, um, you know, but it lively seems like he's going to be the guy we saw that defensive upside. Uh, maybe he can be that anchor for them. Um, you know, we saw that in the preseason and if I can get a guy that can get me six or seven rebounds, one and a half blocks, uh, you know, 65% shooting from the field, 
uh, with the last pick in the draft. That's a uh, that's amazing. And then his teammate, uh, another guy that he's going to be coming off the bench, but he he certainly flashed some upside. Is Jaden Hardy? Um, he will probably need an injury to to move into that must roster category. But what do you think? What do you think they do with him? I mean, they've got. Uh, They've got some depth there now. They've brought in Seth Curry. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., I'm not sure he stays in in uh, Dallas or, or how long he stays for. But Hardy, do you think he, he's going to be primary backup to those guys? Or could he, could he nudge 25, 26 minutes a night? Or do you think he's more of a 20-minute-a-night player? I don't know, man. I, I'm not even sure if he gets to 20 minutes a night. Uh, he, may, he may be in that... 16 to 18 minute range. Um, you're right. There's there's going to be more than just Kyrie and Luca. Um, I, I think Grant Williams is a guy that I will look at with the last pick in a 12 team draft. Derek Lively, obviously. Um, I really like what I saw from Josh Green to close out last season. I think he's probably sticks with the starters to open the season. Um, and then after that, yeah, maybe maybe Jaden Hardy overtakes some guys. Uh, you know, front court we got you know like a Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Rashawn Holmes. Those guys are going to mix in here and there. Uh, really interested to see what Omax Prosper is going to end up doing. Uh, he had a pretty uh, pretty solid preseason as well. Um, but yeah, with THJ with Seth Curry, I just don't see where the minutes are going to come in for Hardy. Uh, I think he's a great scorer. Um, but they have guys off the bench that can hit threes and space the floor. I'm not sure where Hardy really fits, yeah. fits into that mix, so I'm not interested. Uh, on to Houston, probably not much to talk about. We touched on them sort of to open the show when we were talking about um, the injury to uh, Tari Eason. We, we know their depth. You, you talked about Dylan Brooks. We're not probably not touching him in a category league, but, but in a points league maybe. Um, so there's probably not anything we didn't cover on Houston there that you think warrants discussion. No, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, I I think we we know who who the starters are going to be for the most part. We know who has primary value, and there's a lot of wait and see guys in Houston, maybe more so than any other team in the NBA right now. Uh, and then much the same for for Memphis. We talked about them. Um, I did pop in here replacement value, and I was referring to Jar Morant and, and where the value lies for his replacement. But we sort of there's now another replacement with Stephen Adams done for the year. Uh, Luke Kennard was someone that I didn't mind if you just needed threes and points late in a draft um, because I thought he would probably start. But it, it now does look like Zaire Williams is going to start. Uh, I still think Kennard is. I mean, if, if that's all you need, um, although I probably wouldn't waste a draft pick on him now, I'd just stream him in if you, if you need to. Um, again, anything in Memphis that we haven't covered? No, I think that's about it, man. Uh, on to the Pelicans, uh, second last team with Trey Murphy. So what, he's out for two months, something like that. I don't think they put a firm date on his return, but we can expect probably at least two months. Herb Jones is a steel specialist. We know he's going to be elite in that category. He he gets a bump. With, I mean, I, I don't think we can argue on, on that fact that he his playing time is going to go up. He was probably on the fringes of standard leagues, maybe top 130, 140. Does he move up to that top 100 range for now, at least until Trey Murphy is back? Uh, do you think he can do 
we we need him to do something else. Uh, and I think the the obvious path is to hit some threes and score a little bit more. Do you think he can do that this year? Uh, I don't know necessarily. Uh, I think there's a, a possibility for sure. Um, you know, but if we're talking about uh, guys on, you know, in New Orleans that can have a bigger role, uh, maybe take on some more minutes. Yeah. Herb Jones is going to be the easy bene- you know, beneficiary there. Uh, to me, he kind of falls in with that group that we talked about earlier, your Matisse Tybels, your DeLon Wrights of the world, guys whose value is tied in large part to defensive numbers. Uh, so we saw his numbers kind of regress in that category last year in the steals category and his fantasy value tanked as a result. So uh, I'm not excited about Herb Jones. Uh, he's a fine pick outside of the top 100 if you're looking for that category and you think he kind of steps up as a scorer. Um, but I'm more interested maybe with my last pick in a Dyson Daniels. Uh, I think Dyson Daniels, um, uh, you know, we saw some big flashes from him last year as a passer, as a rebounder, as a scorer. Um, you know, those are the type of guys that I, I'm looking for. Um, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but that guy they picked up from Connecticut, um, you know, in the draft, I think he uh, – Jordan he Hawkins. Have, that's it. Yeah. Yep. I think he may have a shot to, uh, to pick up some additional minutes as well. So I like those upside picks more than I like a Herb Jones. Yeah, I think I'd only be grabbing Jones with your last pick if you, if you need steals. As we said, if, if that's sort of the category that you just need to fill, you pick him up, you play him for six weeks, and then if Murphy comes back and and uh, Jones's minutes fall down, you you drop him, you move on. Uh, and just quickly on Jonas Valanciunas, he, he's a fantasy-friendly centre, so he hits his, his free throws, he can hit threes, uh, so it doesn't really hurt you in those categories. Solid rebounder, not a high scorer. But I worry that based on what we saw last season when Zion was healthy, Valanciunas was, despite starting, he was only playing 18 minutes a night, some nights, 20 minutes. So I think, I mean, you can grab him late, but are you concerned here that if Zion stays healthy and once Larry Nance is back, is Valanciunas going to play, whether he's in that starting lineup or not, he's going to play backup minutes, which, which would make him possibly not, worth picking in a 12-team league? Yeah, I think right now you draft them in the 12-team league just yeah. due to the many injuries that they have right now in New Orleans. Um, but, yeah, if uh, if Nance comes back uh, and stays, if Zion remains healthy, Valanciunas could be a drop candidate here, uh, you know, within the month maybe. Um, as you mentioned, last season his value took a real big hit. Uh, towards the end of the season he started to make up for that a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, if Zion is back and doing what he does best, uh, I don't see Valanciunas, uh, you know, really having a ton of upside. Uh, so we'll round out with the Spurs. Wemby, we've we've talked about. We're both pretty high on him. Um, his ADP is probably still sitting at around 30, I would think, uh, maybe the late 20s. But as I said, I, I reached as high as, as 14, which I wouldn't recommend reaching that high to get him. But... Are we at the point now, I mean, there's not many drafts left now. Most people are probably done. But are we at the point where you probably need to take him in the second round if you if if you want to get him? You're going to have to take him in the second round. If he falls outside of that range, count your lucky stars. But, yeah. uh, you know, anybody that's playing fantasy basketball, if you, if you drafted earlier, uh, you know, 
before preseason started, I think you could have gotten him maybe in the third round. Even then, the hype was was pretty high. But, uh, man, it's reached a fever pitch now. I mean, yeah. the guy's jumping out of bounds, behind-the-back passes, uh, jamming on, jamming and flexing on Chet Holmgren, uh, step-back threes. I, I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. We have all this on video now. It's getting hyped on Twitter. It's on ESPN. Uh, we know what this guy's going to do. We thought – he was going to be amazing, and he came out in preseason and showed us, wow, I'm even better than what you guys thought. Uh, so, absolutely, he will be a second-round pick if you haven't drafted already. Um, and and shout-out to Mitch Casey. I saw him post on Twitter earlier today that in the right build, you know, hey, I'll take him inside the top 20. Uh, and I, I 100% co-signed that. Uh, we were talking earlier, I think. I can't remember if it was before the show or at the beginning. Just redid my rankings and I have him inside the top. Totally fine Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I as I said, I took him at fourteen, which it, it was really that he really fit my build. So he's probably that's a bit risky, but I, I really just needed his blocks, rebounds, um, maybe three assists, um, good from the free throw line. So. Um, yeah, he looks really good. Uh, he's starting center, starting alongside him is Zach Collins, who is slowly creeping up. He, his ADP is climbing and climbing. And I think in that draft I did last night, I have a feeling he went at about pick 80, um, which is which is pretty high. Like uh, you were getting him outside the top 100 two weeks ago. Uh, what are you thinking for him this season? He looks good. They just signed him to an extension very recently in the last few hours, I think. Is he is it his time finally? I mean, he's been he's had a fantasy friendly game for years, but he's been injured a lot. There's no pressure on him really. It's it's all about Wembenyama. So is is he worth taking inside that top one hundred? Yeah, I uh, I have him ranked inside the top 90 uh, for per game value. I, I think there really is a lot of upside here. Um and I think preseason has really helped his case. Uh, you know, we I think a lot of people might have been worried, hey, Victor Wimbanyama's coming in. Uh, he may take some of that shine, some of those minutes away from Collins. Uh, but I actually see Collins playing more minutes this season. Uh, he played uh, you know, just under, I think, 23 last season. Uh, and it was the best season of his career. He had played 25 or 26 uh, for one of his seasons before that. Um but, you know, just didn't put up the numbers that he did in San Antonio last year. Uh, you know, he played a good many games last year after being injured for so long. Um, so I think the, the chemistry that we've seen between him and Wemby in the preseason, I think the Spurs are going to do a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of Collins and Wemby on the court at the same time. Uh, and they look great together, uh, especially if we can see some headband Zach out there. It's going to be uh, it's going to be magical for fantasy managers. Yeah, I do like the headband look. Uh, finally, uh, Jeremy Sohan, he's going to start at point guard. Uh, Trey Jones will come off the bench. Sohan is probably someone that was being drafted anyway in the last round, second last round, but he's now probably a must roster player, I think, if he's going to start. Uh, the Spurs are in a position where they can experiment with him at point guard and, and not sort of feel that pressure to change things if they're not winning because they don't really care yet about winning. So I feel like he's going to have this role at least for the first month, two months. Um, 
there's going to be some growing pains and, he, and he's got to figure things out. But where do you see him now, like in, in terms of your rankings? Have you have you brought him up in your rankings and, and where do you have him? Yeah, I've moved him up in my rankings. Um, you know, that one, let me pull my rankings up here. Um, I think I have him now inside the top 130, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's not he's not inside the top 100 for me yet. I, like you said, there's still going to be some growing pains. Uh, we're still going to need to see what a full season of this looks like. Uh, you don't move from power forward to point guard and all of a sudden, you know, everything just works out the way it's supposed to. Uh, but I think – I think Pop putting him in that position, obviously he thinks that that's going to be the best position for him and the team to succeed. Um, so he's got to like what he sees there. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Sohan certainly is going to be a guy that, you know, I would like to take, you know, in that 11 or 12, 12th round uh, type of range. Um, and, and he's got top 100 upside. If he can stick as the point guard, if he can make some moves as a scorer, maybe improve on the efficiency, uh, you know, really show out as a playmaker. I think he's got a clear path to, uh, you know, putting up some solid value. Yeah, I sort of think of him as a bit of a, if you think of Ben Simmons when he was proper Ben Simmons, sort of a Ben Simmons light kind of guy. So he's not the natural ball handler like Ben Simmons. So he's not going to be getting double digit assists every night and that sort of thing. But he'll get you good rebound numbers, solid assists. He's handy on the defensive end. But a little bit more offensive upside, I think, than Ben Simmons. He can hit threes. He's better from the free throw line. Um, he obviously very well documented. He shoots his free throws one-handed. But if you look at the final three months of last year, he was at around 77% from the free throw line. So that's it's not quite average, but it's not going to kill you either. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm really targeting him at the back end of my drafts at the moment. Uh let me exit that out. We are done for today. Uh, another hour talking about fantasy basketball. What what better way to spend a Monday morning or a Sunday evening for you? Uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we will we'll do there, there will be shows coming out over the next couple of weeks. We just have to figure out when they're going to come out. Uh, but usually they will be uh, on a Tuesday night. We'll be recording. They'll come out on a Wednesday over there. Uh, any final thoughts before I, I let you go and look after those kids? Final thoughts. Uh, man, I, I, I'm just excited for opening night, man. Tuesday night, you know, yep. we got we got NBA basketball, man. We've talked about this stuff all offseason, uh, which is the greatest time to be a fantasy analyst, to put your takes out there. And then once the season starts, then you actually have to own those takes and realize uh, what an idiot you look like. So, uh, no, I, I'm super excited for Lakers and Nuggets and uh, uh, Suns Warriors on Tuesday, man. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think I'm going to miss those. I think they're actually on when I'm on the plane over there. So um, I'm hoping the plane has Wi-Fi so I can at least check. I don't think I'll be able to stream it on the plane. Their Wi-Fi is usually not that good, but as long as I can check box scores and know what's going on, um, that'll be good. That will do it for today's show. Remember to check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, access the Discord server there. Uh, we've got plenty of player ranks up now. Matt Lawson has released a ton. Uh, you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, and we would love it if you could give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.